0: Um, In 2001, I wrote a book called Understanding the Times, 2001, 22 years ago. Um, I was reminded about this book myself by Christiana. At the beginning of the pandemic, Christiana said to me, she said, I have everything that I need to get through the pandemic She said, the Lord directed me to your book that you wrote in 2001. And ever since, he's been speaking to me about it through this whole time. And and as I thought about that, somehow it came to me this week. And a particular chapter came to me. And I want to read it to you. It's very, very short. Because in those days, I was very short. (laughs) Um And this this chapter is called A Time to Choose. And this is what he says. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. He's talking to King Ahab. In that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. 1 Kings 18, 18 to 21. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. Some people in the church, this is what I wrote back then in 2001. Some people in the church are still waiting for God to do something. They wait for the Holy Spirit. For the fire. For this and for that. But perhaps... The Lord is waiting for us. What more can he do? Surely he has taken our sin away, healed us, made us whole and made salvation fully available. The Holy Spirit has been poured out 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. He has not returned to heaven or gone anywhere else. But he has been poured out into our hearts and has made himself available to everyone who calls on the name of the Lord we want more but have not even started into what not even started to walk in what is now available to us perhaps the Lord is waiting for you for us to do what it's simple to love him to choose his life his love, his power, his word, to believe. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. What a pathetic people. They made their choice to sit on the fence. They'd watch, they'd observe, but they would not choose to follow God. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 to 5. There are those today who warm the pews as they sit and listen. The problem is that they sit and listen every Sunday of every week but still refuse to choose to follow God. They have a form of godliness, but deny its power. They deny the power of God to work in their own lives. They have given lip service to the Lord. They deny Him the opportunity to salvage and redeem and restore their lives. They sing hymns and say prayers, but to no avail. The discerning amongst them, the ones who have made their choice to follow Him, and now turning away from such forms of godliness, this was 22 years ago, and beginning to seek out the power and life of God. This is the beginning of a new day. A redeemed people are coming together who no longer fault, but falter between two opinions. They refuse to be mediocre any longer. They are desperate. For more of his life to be released and will not stand or bow at the altars of Baal anymore. This is not just a proclamation that this time is on its way. But it is a proclamation backed up by scores of people who are beginning to live in the reality of it. What was it that ushered this time in? It was a choice that was taken and is daily reiterated. And of course, it is a choice, but actually, he's already in us and has made that choice. The Holy Spirit in me and you, every time. So whether you like what I share or not, or for that matter, what others share that's from God, it really doesn't matter because inside you, the Holy Spirit goes, hooray. He actually loves it. On the inside, he's having a little dance. He is, honestly. On the inside of you, he is having a dance. Whether you were having one or not, he's having one. All he's waiting for you is to go, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to dance with you. I want to dance with somebody. Well, you can. You can dance with him. But it, 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 it made me think, 22 years ago, I wrote that. And still I see... That there's people everywhere faltering between two opinions. In this house, there are people who falter between two opinions. And of course, it's not just about this house. This is what he said to me last week as well. He said, Paul, I want to remind you that Jesus, although he was in this little place called Jerusalem, he was in this little place called Galilee, Nazareth, He was in this little place called Bethlehem. Actually, he wasn't in that little place at all. That was just a place that geographically he was located. But every time he opened his mouth, the word of God went out and changed the course of history forever. So you sit here, and I sit here, and we are all here together. But I want to tell you this, that the word of God goes out from this house and changes things all around us. Whether you believe it or not, I do not care. No longer, I don't any... What I care about is actually that we in this house do not falter between two opinions. Really. 1 Kings 17, this is, I want to give a little... This is what it says. And Elijah the Tishabite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab... As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Well, of course, the heavens were already dried up. It was nothing to do with God. God does not dry the heavens up. God does not bring famine on the earth. God does not cause people to die. Because God is a God of life, and he lives forever. God had nothing to do with this famine. Guess who had to do with this famine? It was the leaders and the people all together who had decided to be disobedient. In what way had there been disobedient? The people had been listening to two different types of people. One was a political type, and the other was a religious type. And between those two people, political and religious spirits, they tied up the people of God completely. They listened and adhered to political leaders and to religious leaders who knew not God. Simple as that. That is why the heaven was already dry. All Elijah did was go, that's it, the tap's off because of the disobedience of the people of god that's it wow it wasn't difficult for him to turn that tap off at all because it would already dried up the heavens were like brass nothing was getting through because of the disobedience of the people of god and of course when i'm speaking this i'm speaking it to you but i'm speaking it to all the people that might be watching. Doesn't look like there's anyone watching this morning. Oh, is it? It's there. Okay, wonderful. I can't see it, but it's there. I'm told it's there. That's good. Hello, Terrier. Terrier's watching from Norway. Some other people are watching as well, so that's nice. Um, but of course, instead of, instead of listening to God, they were listening to tyrants, liars fools racketeers and spoilers that's who they were listening to they were listening to magicians they were listening to wizards they were listening to the scientific community as though they knew everything they were listening to mediums you know what mediums are don't you media they were listening to mediums and wizards and sorcerers instead of god It's very interesting to me that Paul says this, because this is what happens with Christians. We go, well, actually, we're meant to be obedient to authority. Listen very carefully. This is what it says. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. When Paul says be obedient to authorities, he's talking about people who actually are, are not a terror, For rulers are not a terror to good, but to evil. You understand me? The context is, these people are not a terror to good, but a terror to evil. Well, what do you do when you've got evil rulers? Oh, well, we say yes and amen to them. No, we do not say that. We do not say it. Listen, this is what it says. Acts 4 verse 19. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, rather than God, you judge. For we cannot speak, for we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. Acts 4 and verse 19. Acts 5 verse 29, Peter and the other apostles are talking to all the leaders of people, that's all of them. Listen, they didn't leave any of them out. The high priest all the way down the list, every single one of them. This is what he said. We ought to obey God rather than men. Wow. And they were willing to stand the cost of it. They were willing to stand the cost of it. And you go, no, we don't live in those kind of times. I'm telling you, we live in those kind of times today, right now. And the sooner that you understand that, the better we are all off. The leaders had led him astray. Elijah only, fe- only sealed the fate that the, the nation had already chosen. Nothing to do with God. It was nothing to do with God other than that God knew. Because God knows. Because he's God. God knows everything because he's God. But God didn't choose everything. God allows us to choose some things so that we might make a difference in the history of the world. So there were the disobedient ones and then there were the obedient ones. Those were the ones who loved him, who were listening, who were loving God and enjoying God and wanting to do what God was saying. Now hopefully we are all amongst that. Amen. Amen hopefully we are all of those who love god who are obedient were going yes lord i want to do what you want me to do and i love you i'm fully in love with you hopefully we're the obedient ones but the obedient ones as well they were caught under the constraints of the time so there was no getting away for them either you understand me so elijah himself after he'd said this word was now in the constraints of the word that he'd spoken himself but this is what it says uh, then the lord the word of the lord came with him saying get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook shirith, which flows into the jordan so the brook was the cutout that god had made for him in this time of famine that's what Sharif means it means cut out so the brook was a cutout a provision in this time of famine and it was fed by the jordan the jordan symbolizes all the promises of god everything that he's ever said to us the brook if the cutout, was fed by those promises that's a beautiful thing isn't it so in the midst of all that was going on god was still releasing everything that was needed and of course he is your release inside you of everything that is needed there is everything in you already which we will see um <clears throat> But eventually, that provision began to dry up, and God went, I want you to move on. So he moved on to verse verse 9. This is what he said, to a place called Zerophath. Arise and go to Zerophath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. A widow to provide for you. She had no understanding at all that God, and we've talked about it many times, she had no understanding that God had already spoken a word on the inside of her she was looking at the famine she was looking at everything that was going on and going me and my son are dead that's all she could see but God said see verse 9 this is before he even got there God said see I have commanded a woman in Zarephath to provide for you which means that provision is on the inside of every single person in this room Your future is on the inside of you already because before the foundation of the world, God spoke his life into your DNA. That's what he did. It's in your DNA. And all that I do when I stand here is just add fire. I ignite something, hopefully, that's already there on the inside of you. That's all I do. You understand me? It's already there. He's given you everything. So when I'm preaching like a lunatic... For Jesus, when I'm preaching like that, it's for your sake as well as mine. No, honestly. Now, please listen to me. You may not like me. You may be provoked by me, but I do not care that you do not like me. It's all right. It's fine. Even if someone gets up and leaves, but he's not leaving because of me, because he loves me. (laughs) But do you understand me? You understand me that actually there is a spark that ignites what god has already put on the inside of you by the holy spirit and if i can by any means ignite that spark then i will do so and i will stand before him and before all of you and say before god that i did it for your sakes as well as for mine but i want to tell you that there's a moment that has come that has nearly gone that people have missed they've missed it They've been lazy. They've been in apathy. They didn't listen. I have commanded something already done, something already said. The word was already laid down on the inside of this lady before, an ignition, a light, a spark. That's what Elijah provided. That's all that I provide. That's all. But once that spark comes you have to be obedient to it you it's no longer puce and there's no more church i said it 20 years ago i'm still saying it today there is not nothing else called church it's gone in the sense of what church once represented this is no longer church this is your training school to go out and be flames of fire and carriers of the life of god everywhere that you go this is no church any longer So don't be upset when we don't have any nice hymns that you want or any nice songs that you want and we just seem to be messing about on the front because it's for your sake. It's that your spirit might wake up, that you might begin to express the life and love of God. That's what it's for. So don't be upset by it. Don't get upset with me. Talk to him about it. Get it sorted out because your mind could kill you. And it may be nearly already has done. And I don't mean by that your mind's not wonderful. It's fantastic. Understand me, I don't mean that your mind is not beautiful. It is. But your spirit is where God speaks. Listen to this. Her and her son began to live. And they lived for many, many days with the provision that God gave. Elijah came and gave a spark into her life that gave her a future that she never had before she met Elijah. But she got a future. She got a a livelihood. Something happened on the inside and her whole life changed and now she's living. And then something happens. Her son is sick and dies. And God's just, he just wants to deal with the mentality. Listen to this. So sickness came, death came. This is what she says. She says this to Elijah. So she said, what do I have to do with you, O oh man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and kill my son? Hang on a minute. Didn't Elijah just walk into her life and open up a whole future? Doesn't she have a future because Elijah, this nutcase came and ignited something on the inside of her. But now when a son gets sick, She goes, it's your fault. It's your fault, oh man of God, because you represent God and I don't like God anymore because my son's not well. So Elijah got kicked right between the legs. That's what happened. He got kicked because she was upset at him. You know how many times I've had this through my life. And I'm gonna tell you, if you come at me and kick me between my legs, I am gonna remind you Of what God has done in your life. So I'm just putting you on notice. I'm just putting you on notice, okay? This is something you can tell. It's something that's like... Because I'm so tired of people who are disobedient and then blame me. No more. No more. Oh, man of God, have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and kill my son? You see, there's a problem with the mentality in the mind. She's got an old sin consciousness that's ruling in her mind. She doesn't really know that God loves her. She doesn't really know that God is lifting her and caring for her and loving her. And he's with her every minute of the day. She doesn't really know it. Oh, she might have been singing about it while everybody else is dying around. But she doesn't really know it in her heart. And and if she did know it in her heart and mind... He's telling her, God is the problem. And Elijah is the problem. You see, that's what the mind does. The mind is so strong, it just captures you entirely and tells you that you were right. But I want to tell you, loads and loads of people are walking around blaming God and blaming what, what God has not done on the God, and not taking any responsibility for what they actually have done themselves and how the mind is. because the mind. Is an awful thing if it's not transformed. It stinks if it's not transformed. It stinks and it'll kill us. That is why it needs to be renewed. You see, your heart may be new and beautiful and singing for joy. Your spirit might be full of the Holy Ghost. But if that stinking mind is not renewed, then you have got a problem and you're giving that problem to everybody else. So stop it and take some time with Jesus. And sort this out. Because that's what she had to do. And you know how she did it? She went, I need help. I need help. What am I to do? And Elijah came and he gave the answer. It says that he stretched himself out upon the boy three times. Isn't that wonderful? What's that? That's life. Intimacy. That's face-to-face life. That's how that kid got risen from the dead life this is what relationship with jesus is all about when we come together we don't come to sing songs we don't come to have a nice time we don't even come because we are family we come because we're family who's come to worship jesus we're family because we've come to be with jesus we haven't come first and foremost to be with each other we've come to be with jesus together with each other but first jesus Always Jesus first. And in that place, he meets us corporately. In that place. Beautiful. So anyway, face to face, he stretched himself out. That's where we are right now. That's where you are right now. He is bringing you to that place where you cannot exist without being face to face with him. Oh, it hasn't stopped by any means. It hasn't stopped yet. Because we've got to learn what this means face to face. This is not only praying. This is not only singing. This is face to face with Jesus. I must have time with you. Now, this is what it says in chapter 18. I'm passing on real quick. I'm going to be, honestly, I'm going to finish by quarter past, okay? You're all right, look at someone and say, I'm doing okay. The crash helmet is on, but the heart is open. The crash helmet is on, but the heart is open. The heart is joying in these truths that have come to set me free. Verse 3, this is what it says. It says, uh, uh, well, let's just, and it came a pass, chapter 18 of 1 Kings, It came a pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. He was going to send rain on the earth, but guess who was going to do it? Elijah was going to do it. Elijah was going to do it because the rain, the cloud came from inside him. And he said, keep looking, it's coming, it's coming. Because inside him, he'd already seen the provision of God coming. He already heard the abundance. He heard the sound of the rain on the inside. That's what he heard. And when he heard it, he began to see rain. He began to see clouds. He began to think of his future. He began to go, this is what God wants for my future. And When he heard the sound, but you, if you want to hear the sound, you've got to listen. If you want to hear it, you've got to listen to his voice. You've got to be in a place to hear the sound. So he heard the sound, and then he began to see what he heard. And as he saw it, he brought it up and he went, look, go and see again. Is the cloud there? Is the cloud there? Because inside him, God had put a word for the future, just like he has for you. That's beautiful. And inside him, stop thinking it's all external. it's not external, it's internal. Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. He lives in me. He lives in me. Ah. Beautiful. He is my father. He lives in me. He doesn't live outside, although he does, if you know what I mean, but he lives inside you. Anyway, it says here, so Elijah there went to present himself to Ahab, and and there was a severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. So for it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them 50 to a cave and had fed them with bread and water. So he'd been feeding them whilst he's in the service of the most evil man in Israel's history. Okay, he was the most evil leader in Israel's history. And Obadiah worked in his palace and Obadiah took the wealth of the wicked and gave it to the righteous. Right from under Ahab's nose. Isn't that beautiful? Because that's what God wants to do. And you go, oh, does he really want to do that? Yes, he wants to. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And somehow, we've got to get a hold of that. But I want to tell you, you're not going to get a hold of it until you've let go of some of that that you've got stored away because you might not ever need it i'm just telling you you might not ever need what you've stored away he might need it so anyway there's provision right under the enemy's nose it's right there and obadiah just takes it and feeds them and hides them all whilst ahab I mean, Ahab. It's interesting that it? Ahab and Jezebel—they're more concerned about the donkeys and the mules than they are about the people. They're looking after their donkeys and mules, while some of the people are starving. You understand it? It says that in the next verses. So you see. Uh, can I have? A, can I have a water as well? Can I have? A, I don't think there's any in there. Can I have another? Sorry. Ooh, that smells nice. Yeah, thanks. Um, I just want to read this for many years I have been a great advocate an example of someone who pays my way for everything that I've ever been given where taxes need to be paid I pay them where bills need to be paid I pay them because bills are services and they bless me so everything's for my benefit but I want to tell you that what I'm presently looking at and I do honestly I know know that people don't dare to send these videos out to other people. They're absolutely scared of sending these things out because they don't know what kind of comeback they're going to get. But I hope that someone would send it out to some of these people, rulers and leaders, who actually are stripping people bare right now. And you may be okay. You might be doing okay. But if you live down in London, you're going to be struggling even to make the money that you have work for you because there's some greedy fraudsters that's there's no other word for it the greedy and they want to do something taking people's money it's all right if i'm taking your money as long as it's not mine huh you understand me there's things that are going on that all you've got to do is open your eyes and look to find out what's actually happening for people that live in this nation And you go, well, it's been happening long enough. Well, is that an excuse? I tell you, this is what it says. God is clear in what he says about the greedy and the fraudulent. He says this, come now, you rich. And when he's talking about the rich, he defines the rich as those who have heaped up treasure for themselves, kept back the wages of the laborers by fraud, have fattened their hearts and lived in pleasure and luxury, Without giving a thought for those people around. So when he says it in James 5, that's how he defines the rich. And this is what he says about the rich who live like this, okay? This is what he says. So you don't want to be rich and live like this. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. There's miseries coming upon people. Because you see, you cannot sow without receiving it back it's an impossibility i'm sorry it was all going so nicely when it? it was so lovely it was so lovely and peaceful and beautiful and we were having such a lovely time in the presence of jesus and then i came and spoiled it come now you rich weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth eaten your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat up your flesh like fire. Oh, my. You have heaped up treasures in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the just and he does not resist you. I wonder what that's talking about. That must be talking about all those millions of abortions that take place around the world. That must be that. huh? They say nothing. So I've always been a big advocate for paying taxes and bills and everything else. And I still am but I want to tell you the greedy the corrupt if something doesn't happen they have got a bad day coming a bad day coming and yes God loves them it's nothing to do with God's love you understand me it's nothing to do with the destiny he's called for them it's nothing to do with what he has determined in his heart for them it is all their own choice it's time to awaken to arise and begin to shine As it says in Ephesians 5 verse 11, it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So unfruitful works of darkness, then of course we read about these things, we see these things and we go, well it doesn't affect me. Well soon it will affect you. It will affect you. If you carry on saying that, it's going to affect you, believe me. But it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather expose them really do we have some involvement in this do we have some responsibility yes you do yes you are the sons and children of god and then it happened when ahab saw elijah that ahab said to him is that you or troubler of israel so ahab the most wicked king ever in israel looks at elijah and he goes is that you or troubler of israel well why is it isaiah that's troubled israel well because ahab thinks just like everybody else that it was elijah who turned the tap off ahab don't understand that his own disobedience his own sin his own walking before god had actually dried up the heavens ahab don't understand it and he goes to he goes to elijah and says it's you that turned off the water he said no no i just turned off the tap the water Stopped flowing a long, long time ago. It was just trickling. Nothing to do with God. It's, it's incredible to me, don't you think so as well? I mean, I, I only feel it because I'm I'm on the other side of it. I don't say I'm like Elijah, but I feel it like Elijah felt it. Because it's me that troubles. Do you understand me? It's me that troubles. Because I actually say these things and I have the balls. Sorry to say that in this place but it's true to say these things that no one else wants to say because everyone is shying away from it no one wants to say it no one wants to see it because it's too terrible to look at but we don't get that option anymore folks you don't not if you're in this house not if you're in this house you don't listen to this Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. And something in their own sight. Strident or something in their own sight. Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Woe to those who call evil for good and darkness for light. choose how long will you follow between two opinions if the lord is god then follow him but if baal follow him baal this term when used by the arab community means someone who is lord over everything or anything he's the god of fertility he's the god of weather he's the god of sun he's the god of moon he's the god of thunder he's the god of wind and rain and lightning and so forth it goes on and on baal can be anyone That is Lord over anything that he is not Lord over. You go, well, I don't worship any Baals. Oh, we sure about that? We sure about it? Look, we just have to be with him a little bit. Just say, Lord, search me. Just go through me. And this is what he says. I'm finishing with this repairer restorer and rediscoverer this is what it says uh, you you remember that there's this big thing that happens with the bales the prophets of baal and they're all cutting themselves and slashing themselves and all sorts of things horrible scene and um eventually they're all executed Wow. we don't want that though do we that none should perish that none should perish I don't want to see any of that. There's nothing in my heart that wants to see that for anyone. Truly. I don't want to see anyone hurting. Because my heart is full of healing. And love and restoration and repair. But after that, this is what Elijah said to all the people. Come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So what did he do? He restored the altar. What is the altar? The altar is the place of communion. It's always been the place of communion. Communion is the place where we find ourselves to be one with Jesus. To be one with him. That is the reparation that's going first and foremost. We are being repaired to know that we are one with Jesus. Absolutely one. That there's no separation, there's no isolation. You and Jesus are one. But that needs repairing. Because all the things that have been taking place have somehow, if I I think about the Western church right now, I just think it's it's so infiltrated, so infiltrated with consumerism, with a world, and I don't mean that we can't learn from the you know you know my heart, but something has happened, and hearts have gone astray, been led astray by others, and somehow there's got to be a repairing of that. And the way that that repairing happens is when we sit with him and be with him and say, Father, what is my part in all that is going on? Where do I need to do something different? Where do I? And and, and, and even doing something different may be just you being together with him. Do you understand me? Doing, we all want to do something, but sometimes just being is our doing. But in being, he will inevitably speak to you and say something. He will inevitably do that. And I am going to pray. You see, it even says that he got stones and put them in the altar and rebuilt the altar. The stones were of the past. And we have to redig. We have to redig some of the wells of the past we have to relearn how some of the people of the past lived with jesus because they were like us you understand me i don't don't mean that in a, a critical way they just weren't like us they lived in a way that was communion with jesus and he was their absolute number one and we go well he is my number one well okay that's i'm pleased that you all say that but somehow we have to get with him and go jesus please help me help me i want to live through this i mean we've got ellie and nath ellie's soon going to be popping you know I, I look around i look around i, I have three grandchildren And I'm going, what is the world going to be like? Of course, it's going to be different. Oh, we know it's going to be different. What's it going to be like? But what are the, actual, what are the values going to be like? What are the values of how, how, how they get brought up? The values that we actually believe, what are they? What do we actually believe? Do we just believe everything? And we, and we believe everything in the name of respect. Is that true? Okay, so I respect you, so I'm going to believe you. No, no, that's not how respect works. I can respect you, and hopefully you can respect me, even if you disagree with me. But you might disagree. Well, that's okay, you can disagree. In fact, if you stop disagreeing, then we've got a problem. You understand me? If we all stop disagreeing and just go, everything's all right, then we've got a big, big problem. And that is presently what's happening, because the voice of the church shall we say the voice of God through the church has been silent. They said not a word. They said not a word, man. The silence has been deafening. I want to tell you, the silence has been absolutely deafening. Disgraceful. Disgraceful, the church. Wow. I've wept. Because it's so quiet. And people say not a word. Well, As you can see, my life is not going to be lived like that. It's never going to be lived like that. I'll never live like that. I don't care what it costs. I don't. I will be with a people who love Jesus with all their heart. And will follow him no matter what the cost. That, I think, is all of you. And all of you that are not here, that are around in different places, and all of those that are on holiday or watching the world's football, which I hope they're winning. But you understand me? Lord. So we're going to rediscover. Because he used those stones... It was like the communion of the saints. I was, it was wonderful to see Bert today. Bert, Bert came over here, and you know what he asked me about? He asked me about people of the past, and I immediately remembered Derek. Because I saw Derek. I saw Derek come out of that door the other week, the other month. Do you remember? I were here. I, d- I don't know what I was doing, but I was here. And I'm not kidding you. I saw him stood in front of that door. I tell you, the communion of the saints is everywhere surrounds us we've got assisting angels do you know what the lord said to me he said paul son call on the seraphim i'm going call on the seraphim. i have no idea but he's beginning to show me what that means seraphim are like the highest level of angelic angels around he said call on the seraphim we are going towards a momentous th- time but we've got to get ready. And the way you get ready is just to be with him. Okay, let's, let's just pray. Thank you, Father. Father, I want to thank you, Lord. Father, it doesn't seem to matter what goes on in my life as a man. But this word and this life burns in me, Father. And I have to deliver it, Father. And I deliver it to this family, to this people that you have given. And Lord, sometimes I deliver it well, sometimes I don't deliver it well. But I deliver it, Father. And my heart is that we would choose you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are on the inside of us. And you were jumping for joy, and every word that is from the father's heart, you were agreeing with it. every word. And Father, you were just waiting for us to say yes, yes, Lord. No matter we're afraid, no matter we're panicked, no matter we feel all sorts of things, Lord. we want to say yes to you. Yes, Lord. We choose you choose you, Lord, not only for our sake, but for the sake of our grandchildren, for the generations that are coming, Lord. We see this moment, Lord, and we choose you. We choose you, Lord. We choose you, Lord. Father, I just released this word, Father, and I, I ask, Lord, that it would just sit in our hearts, in our spirits, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can share something, yes, of course you can, yes. Yeah,
1: This morning, before I even came to church, um, the Holy Spirit drew me to a card that we were all given at church, um, was it last year, when Anne and Paul um, put some tables out with a big banquet of um, food, and we all got a card, and I put mine on my notice board, and um, I gave Paul a photo of that um, today, just to remind him as well, because I can see it's not easy for Paul to deliver what he delivers, but... I thank this man because my life has massively changed. I wasn't gonna share that, but that's what I felt. You've massively changed my life. And I've been disciplined. And did I like it at the time? Uh, No. (laughs) Did it react well to it? No. But did I learn from it? Yes. Am I transformed? Yes. So I think that we take this as discipline. This is your father saying to you, you need to change, you need to do something. But he wants us to bring us forward. And God guided me to this church eight years ago when I was involved in all sorts of dark stuff. And My life was massively transformed and I was placed here because Paul and Adam and Anne and Tina were able to minister to me. We're so blessed. We're so blessed to have him. So blessed. So I just thank you for all that you do. Just thank you. And this was a word that Paul gave us, and if you can find this card, I'd, I'd recommend you would put it up in your house, put it in your kitchen, put it on your fridge or something, because this, is, this was the word that Paul gave us on this card. It says, fear not, I call you by name. Do not be anxious or upset. Do not fret or worry, for here is the cup of the king's kindnesses and his goodness poured out for you. It is Father God who does this for you. I am, and so are you. It's for my sake, and as I pour, I restore to you everything that has been taken from generations before and everything that you have known in the recent past and this present future. These are words that were sown into us a year ago, and they're there for us. You can't give us any more. We've got it. My provision to you will be continual. The harvest will not stop. The cup of blessing will never run dry. And though you thought you had no place to go, no place to run, no safe place, you are here with me forever. You sit at my table as a son. This is my favor and my grace to you. This is what we have. So, yeah, just thank you so much for all you sow into us, Paul, all that you bless us with, all that you give us. And, yeah, I just say we're so grateful. So thank you. Thank you. anyone
0: else want to share anything okay so there's always there's always a little bit so 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 after a word okay the spirit of god it's a little bit like when when the spirit of god is is working on the inside of someone sometimes we want to do something but we've just got to give quiet we've just got to let people be ministered to so i'm aware the word's gone out It's in your hearts. We don't want to take anything away from that. At the same time, we want to give opening for people to say something. But just keep the word there, all right? It's really important. You can do that at the same time as listening to something else. But just keep it there.
2: It was during when Paul was speaking that I saw this picture. And he was talking about wealth. He was talking about finance. This is what I got it as I saw a picture in my mind of, you know, like a pig on a, on a, on a spit that keeps going round and round and it's cooking and it was going round and round. But instead of the pig, it was gold coins. It was going round and round. And I felt that this was money that was being kept. It was not, it it needed to be released because if you think about a pig on a spit, it's going to feed. It's going to feed people because that's it's cooking and it's going to feed. And I really felt that there's people that have got finance and of wealth that they're holding on to, thinking that, oh, I've, I've, I've earned this, I've got this, I'm not going to part with it. But if you let go, it will feed. Feed the kingdom. Maybe even feed the people that have helped you in the kingdom. Whatever it is, to just feed feed, feed, feed. So just don't hang on. But just like um, Samantha said, the blessings of God are always continual. So when you can't out give God, if you give out, it, it, it gives you back. It's, it's like he can't help himself. He's always blessing. But I just, I just kind of want to leave that with you. Obviously, like Paul said, but you know, if you're holding on to something of great wealth or whatever it is that you feel that God's took, telling you about to give but you there's a reluctance but I'm telling you that it will feed it will be a blessing and God will bless you abundantly because that's who he is so just take this to the Lord and and just just ask him to, sh- to show you for all of us you know all of us it's not individual it's for all of us it's this I keep doing it now I can see it it's like moving around and it's gold coins on it and it's not being released it's just there going round and round. And it could be feeding. It could be a blessing. It could be helping. It could be, you know, just helping and blessing. Yeah, that's that. And feeding, feeding the kingdom and feeding people who have helped you in the kingdom. Um, I'm just going to leave that.